Well, good morning, church. I want to read for you a passage of Scripture that uh, may be familiar to you. It comes out of the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Hear these words now from the Word. For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there is a time for all things. And Lord, let this be a time that we hear from you and you bring transformation into our lives. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a young adult, I was having a conversation one afternoon with one of my mentors. During that conversation, he told me that basically... A person should never get angry, and if you're getting angry, that you needed some work to be done. Now, he probably had seen me angry a few times and knew just how messy that was, and maybe in reality it was good advice for me. But I knew in the midst of our conversation that I really didn't agree with what he was saying. And I really didn't know why. But a few years later, I began to realize why I disagreed with my mentor. You see, I've come to understand that anger, like other emotions that we have, are neither good nor bad. Emotions are emotions. As a matter of fact, anger, like the other emotions, are gifts that are given to us from God, and as such, they're rather benign, neither good nor bad. Now, how we express them can be healthy or unhealthy, constructive or destructive, but just the basic emotion is a part of our being. You know, to be human is to have emotions. So if you are a human being, how many of you are human beings this morning? How many of y'all are humans? Okay, there's a few of you who aren't, so you can be excused from your emotions, but all the rest of us, to be human is to have emotions. It is a part of who we are created to be. And as many of you know, our emotions are powerful forces in our lives. They impact us in many ways. They impact us physically socially, emotionally, just the whole game of th gamut of things, our emotions have an impact on us. Some emotions, when you are experiencing that emotion, it causes a physical response in your body. You reduce chemicals inside you that make you feel and are ready to do certain things. Our emotions are very powerful forces. And so, to be able to use our emotions... To experience our emotions in healthy ways is very important. And so this morning, I want to invite you to, to, to join me in reflecting for a few moments about our emotion and our emotional well-being. And I think as we do so, maybe we can begin to get a sense of how we can move to healthier places as we experience 
the emotions inside of us. The book of Ecclesiastes, uh, from the scripture from which I read, is an absolutely fascinating book. It is a book written by an old sage who's reflecting on his life. At times, that book is very dark and dreary. At other times, it's a bit more uplifting. But as this old sage reflects on life, he comes to this to include in this probably the most quoted and known part of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, a time and season for all things. And the sage tells us that there is a time for all our emotions. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. There's a time for mourning. There's a time for rejoicing. A time for our emotions. And if you go on and read the book of Ecclesiastes, you will discover that in many different places in that book, the old sage shares things and you feel and sense the emotions that he was having as he recalled those in his life. Now for us, the model human being, the person who lived out life to its fullest, the person who was healthy from beginning to end, the person who did it well all the time is none other than Jesus. I thought some of you might say Tom Brady, but no, it's not Tom Brady. It is actually Jesus. So Jesus is the model human being. So we can look at his life and we can explore to see how Jesus lived life. So if you go back to the four books in the New Testament we call Gospels that tell the story of Jesus' life, you will discover that Jesus had experienced emotions just as we do. For example, there was one occasion where Jesus sent out 70 of his followers to the towns and villages that he would be visiting. And after he had sent them out on their mission, they returned to tell him to debrief what had taken place. And when he heard the good news and all that had taken place, Jesus experienced happiness. The Scripture tells us that Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. When Jesus' friend Lazarus died, Jesus, we know, was sad. He went to the tomb of Lazarus, and there we are told Jesus wept. As a matter of fact, that's the shortest verse in the Bible found in John chapter 11. Jesus experienced sadness. He experienced grief. On another occasion, when Jesus learned that his disciples had refused to allow parents to bring their small children to him in order that he might bless them, Jesus, we are told in Luke's gospel, that he became indignant. In other words, he got angry because of his disciples refusing to allow parents to bring their children to him. Jesus knew what it was like to experience a troubled soul. Have you ever experienced a troubled soul when you're just overwhelmed within and it's just overpowering? Jesus knew what that was like. We are told that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he experienced that kind of life. That there as he was awaiting to be arrested and then he would be put on trial, then he would be crucified. He was experiencing great emotional agony. Jesus also experienced what it was like to be disappointed. On one occasion, Jesus had come to Jerusalem and he was overlooking the city. And as he was looking at the city... 
the emotions were just flooding inside him, and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stone those who are sent to it. How often I've desired to gather you like a mother gathers her children, like a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. Jesus experienced the full gamut of emotions. You see, to be human is to have emotions. Now, with our human emotions, uh, sometimes people want to control the emotions that come. They want certain emotions and other emotions they don't want to experience. But you know, the reality is we can't control what our emotions come. You can't, by all the determination you can muster up in you, by all the saying the right things, you can't determine that emotion won't come. You can't say, I'm never going to be sad again. I'm always going to be happy. You can't stop your emotions from coming because when certain stimuli in our environment happen, they stimulate the emotional responses that we have within us. It's like, trying, it's like saying, I'm going to hit my thumb with a hammer, and it's not going to hurt. Guess what? Unless you have paralysis in that thumb, or you've been given some kind of numbing agent, when you hit your thumb, guess what? It's going to hurt. Now, you may react differently than that person does. I mean, you may cuss and scream. You may cry and, you know, big tears well up in your eyes, but guess what? All of us are going to feel pain. And so it is with our emotions. To be human is to have emotions. To be human is to have emotions. You see, our emotions, just like the pain when we have a hurt in our body, is trying to tell us something. Your thumb is injured. Our emotions are trying to tell us something. And when we're able to process our emotions well, our emotions tell us something about God, tell us something about others, tell us something about ourselves, and tell us something about the world around us. Emotions are a part of being human. Now, one of the big things in preaching this sermon is this question, what is an emotion? What is an emotion? Now, you may be surprised to know that in the scientific world, there is no universal definition of emotion or emotions. One definition that I found that I particularly like is, is one uh, that uh, was, I came across by Karen Stone McCown, and I have no idea who she is or what she does, although she's a psychiatrist or psychologist. And she says this, she says, emotions are responses to the world around us, and they are created by a combination of our thoughts, feelings, and actions. You see, your emotions, my emotions, are more than just how we feel. It also includes our physical response. It includes our mind and our thinking. It incorporates a lot of who we are. Our emotions are part of our being. It's interesting that... A lot of times we experience an emotion and we can't necessarily put a word to describe it or words or phrases to describe it, but we know what we are 
experiencing. Now, some have tried to identify the core emotions that we experience. And some say there are four, some say there are six, and some say there are eight. Now, given who I am, I like compromise. And so it makes me feel good to compromise. So let's go with six. Six emotions, six core emotions. So the six core emotions are these that you see. Happiness, sadness, anger, disgust, surprise, and fear. These are our basic emotions. We as human beings experience these. But we also know that there are other things that we can describe our emotions that are not necessarily the same as these words. I also came across a, a, a chart, and let's see if it pulls up here. You may not be able to read it, but the next slide. Uh, these are emotions that you feel, and you can see this wheel, and it has a whole full description. There's like terrified and shocked and vulnerable and inferior, and those are other expressions of emotions that we feel. And in reality, there are probably more words than we even care to talk about that describe the emotions that we have. But in essence, they boil down to these six core emotions that we just looked at. Now, as a pastor, I know what it's like to experience emotion. And out of my vocation, I've experienced certain emotions. And one that has come frequently in my ministry is the emotion of disappointment. Disappointment. And I remember a time several years ago, and it still stays out of my mind because I, I had a powerful reaction to, and I don't think I really dealt with it well, to this emotion of disappointment. In a church I was serving, we had planned a lay witness mission. Some of you are old enough to remember lay witness missions. Basically, what lay mis witness missions were, were was that a group of people would come to your church and they would share about their experience with God and Jesus Christ. It was such a wonderful thing for, uh, for the church to do. A lot of planning, a lot of organization, a lot of stuff went into pulling off a lay witness mission. And so our church was having a lay witness mission, and one of the events took place on a Saturday morning. But hardly anybody showed up. There had been a lot of planning, a lot of work had gone into it, and I was so very disappointed. Have you ever been disappointed? You know what that feels like? I was so disappointed. And so I hopped in my car, and I bet I drove for 50 miles. Now, it wasn't just 50 miles in one direction. I was just kind of driving around the area, trying to work through that emotion of disappointment. Now, I was so glad that I didn't take out my disappointment on Patty and say the things that I wanted to say, but I kind of drove through that. And I know you've probably never done anything like that, have you? Have you? You know, our emotions can be so very powerful. And the way we handle our emotions makes such a huge difference in our lives. Now, there are a couple of ways that I think we're oftentimes tempted to deal with our emotions which are so very much unhealthy and lead to a dark place. And I think one of these is particularly true within the Christian church within by believers. You see, there are a lot of believers who think that there are certain emotions that we as believers just shouldn't have. 
If you're mature in your faith, if you're living the way God wants you to live, if you're doing the things you want to do, you're not going to be sad, you're not going to be angry, you're not going to be fearful, you're not going to be disappointed, you're not going to experience anxiety. You're not even going to experience those, what they call, negative emotions. And guess what? They say, if you do, you must not be where you're supposed to be with Jesus. But I want to tell you right now, That as believers, we are still human beings who experience the same emotions that everybody else experiences. Closely related to this is another way that leads people to unhealthy places is the suppression of emotions. It's kind of the denial that the motion is even there that you are experiencing. You know, you're going through a time of, and you're, you're grieving and somebody walks up to you and say, you know, particularly somebody that loves you and cares for you and said, how you doing? And you say, oh, I'm doing fine. You put that smile on your face and you just look fine. But inside you are absolutely miserable. You're trying to suppress, to push that emotion down. And it's not healthy. It is not healthy to suppress one's emotions. Sometimes people, in order to try to suppress their emotions, they turn to things that as they do those things, it leads them into places that aren't so healthy. Sometimes people turn to chemicals to suppress their emotions. Sometimes people turn to just a life filled with activities to avoid their emotions. And sometimes those activities are actually religious activities that they do. Sometimes people turn to sort of mental activities to kind of suppress and to push those emotions away. But I mean, human is to have emotions, and suppressing them is not the good way to do it. Uh, one of the great books in the Bible, as a matter of fact, it's the longest book in the Bible, is called the book of Psalms. Have y'all ever read a psalm? Psalms are poetry, are poems that are written by various people. And what you find in the Psalms that there are so many of the Psalms that speak to the emotional state of the writer. The, the, the writer is going through something, some emotion, and is expressing that emotion in words on the page. And sometimes those expressions are really raw. They haven't been filtered through sophisticated, theological, seminary-explored ideology. I I mean, they just get down and dirty. When you came in, you were given a a little card. I have one here. On one side, it says, Transform Psalms, Emotional Wholeness. And on the other side are some psalms that deal with those six basic emotions. I'm thankful for Pam Wells who actually organized these for us. But I would encourage you, when you're feeling disgust, go to Psalm 7 and read it. See what the psalmist experienced. See if that might help you in working through it. Now, this isn't the the whole of the psalms. There's more psalms that relate to other emotions as well. But this is a good guide for you to use, and I encourage you to use it. You see, there's some some things that we can do that make a real difference in being emotionally whole. Let me offer a few steps that I think can help each of us to be whole emotionally. The first is this. 
recognize your emotions and name them. Recognize your emotions and name them. We need to learn to ask ourselves, what am I feeling? What am I experiencing? What's going on within me? You see, recognizing our emotions is the first step to using that emotion in a way that it is really the gift that God's intended for it to be. By recognizing those emotions, we are able to have more influence over the emotion than the emotion is to have over us. Peter wrote, Cast all your anxiety... By the way, anxiety is an emotion... Cast all your anxiety on God because He cares for you. Discipline yourself. Keep alert. Being alert to your emotions is a key to emotional well-being and transformation. Being alert. Now, because of my personality type, one emotion that is always near the surface is the emotion of anger. I've learned that about me, okay? And knowing that emotion and recognizing when it comes makes such a huge difference. You see, it's like uh, boiling potatoes on a stove. How many of you have ever uh, put potatoes in a pot with water and boiled them on the stove? How many of you have ever done that? There are more guys in this service than in the last service that have done it. I am so proud, Pastor Jacqueline, that we have more men that have boiled potatoes, okay? And we have youth that have boiled potatoes. Okay, so, you know, when you're boiling potatoes, something amazing happens. The potatoes begin to release their starch. The starch creates a tension in the water. And as it bubbles and that water releases the, 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 the air inside of it, those bubbles begin to raise and raise and raise. And if you don't control the heat on those potatoes that are boiling. You know, do you know what happens? Well, they, it, it boils over, doesn't it? And boiled potatoes on your stove is not a good thing. Amen? Guys, have you ever done it and your wife came in and found it? It ain't a good thing. That is an emotional experience that you're about to have in that situation. But if you control the heat, if you recognize what's rising, it helps in moving in a positive way. A second step that is useful for us is found actually in Peter's words. He says, cast all your anxiety on God. Once you recognize an emotion, you can share it with the Lord. Lord, I'm feeling disappointed. Lord, I'm afraid. Lord, I'm anxious. Peter was right. God cares for us. God cares for you. Say this, God cares for me. Say it with me. God cares for me. Don't just say it, believe it. God cares for you. And when you're experiencing an emotion, you can take it to God. God, this is what I'm feeling. Now, yeah, God knows everything, and God knows the emotions you're feeling, sure enough. But when you share it with God, it's inviting God to join with you in that journey to help you in understanding that emotion and to help you to deal with that emotion and learn from that emotion what God wants you to learn. And then it becomes the gift that God has intended it to be. The third step is to explore why I'm having a particular emotion. You see, your emotions, my emotions, they're trying to tell us something. 
And asking why can be so informative and lead us into a deeper understanding of ourselves, others, and the world around us. In Psalm 42 and 43, really it's kind of a continuous psalm. It's just in its numbering system. is numbered into two psalms. But in Psalm 42, 43, a question is asked three times. And it's, this is the question. Why am I cast down, O my soul? Why am I cast down, O my soul? Why is this going on inside me? The psalmist is doing the very thing that I'm suggesting here is that we explore why we are experiencing that particular emotion. And as the psalmist explored, he discovered that his adversaries were opposed to him. He he understood that things weren't going well as he wanted them to go. And yet, it led him to praise God. Your emotions have something valuable to teach you. A fourth step is to respond to our emotions in healthy ways. Paul wrote, be angry and sin not. That was his way of saying, don't let your emotions control you and do things you shouldn't do. Have healthy responses. He knew he couldn't keep from getting angry, but the responses were in his power. It's important for all of our emotions, including happiness, that we we guard how we respond. You know, I love to be happy, don't you? Your team has just won the national championship. There's ways to celebrate your happiness. And I would not suggest you go out and you get drunk and you party all night and you run up and down the streets and get thrown in jail. That's not a good way to celebrate happiness. I know folks who uh, in their work have experienced frustrations and it seems every time they experience a frustration with their work, a disappointment in their job, they often quit that job. And they just have this long string of quitting because they've been disappointed and unhappy with their job. That's not a good thing. There are right ways and there are unhealthy ways to express our emotions. And it's about taking time to explore our emotions. And asking how can we express them in ways that are good. And then finally, that word when a preacher says it finally evokes an emotional response in the congregation. (laughs) And finally. Now some preachers, it doesn't mean anything because they just go on and on and on. But finally, when you're trapped in an emotion, get help. And you can get trapped. A lot of people get trapped in grief. A lot of people get trapped in fear. A lot of people get trapped in anxiety. A lot of people get trapped in in disappointment. Just a whole range of where people get trapped. And when you get trapped and and it's just overwhelming you and it's crushing you, get help. Talk to a person who loves you, who is mature in their faith. One thing I'd recommend, don't put it on social media. Social media is a bad place, and I want to say this publicly. Social media is a bad place to voice your emotions. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for others, and it won't be healthy for you. But find a friend who loves you and is mature in their faith and go to that friend. Go to your pastors. Go to a member of this church staff. Jonathan will talk with you. I know he will. He cares. He cares about you. 
Pastor Jacqueline cares about you. Pam Wells cares about you. Brett cares about you. And I go through the whole staff. Your staff, we care and we'll listen because we want you to be healthy and whole. And sometimes you need some professional help. A good Christian counselor. And by the way, if you get stuck in an emotion and you just can't and, and you come to us, we may refer you to our counselor that we contract with as a church. His name is Louis Belva. He, sometimes his partner is, is named Petey and sometimes females will talk with Petey. But they can help you work through and get to a healthy place. But when you're stuck, get help. Get help. Well, I want you all to be emotionally healthy. I want you to experience the transformation that God has for you. God gave us emotions as a gift and let us walk in a way that they can be healthy in our lives. As the band comes, I'll invite you to join me in a word of prayer. Father, today we are thankful for this time of exploring our emotions in order to help us to be healthy and whole emotionally, to be the people that you've called and created us to be. Lord, let us be transformed, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.